Christ Jesus, this is Apostle the Prophet Chris Ward, this is the Voice of the Dominion. I'm celebrating 31 years of full-time ministry. Oh my God, what happened to me? I lost my mind and started following God in the ministry. Well, I was trying to figure out what happened. How did that happen? Well, if you go back and listen to the to the, to the show before this, I went, I gave my testimony, how I got saved and what the time frames and, and these four shows, whenever you hear Roberta Flat <laughs> and Donnie Hathaway singing, Where's the Love? And I'm going to keep them forever because it's a tremendous testimony. Well, you said, well, what happened, man? What year? I went from uh, 84, 85 to 1991. Let's see. 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 91, that's seven years in. That's exactly right. It took seven years for me to get clean enough in my own mind. God had already preordained. Go to uh, Psalms 139 for me. And then be ready to come back to James chapter 1. He had already pre see, You have to understand, God has already preordained what he's going to, what he wants to do with you, okay, before you was born, before your parents was born. Bible says before the foundations of the world. We're going to read that. Uh, go to verse 13. What does it say there? Can you, can you, did you find it yet? He yes, are, it says uh, okay, Psalms 139, verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Keep going. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. He has covered you in your mother's womb. What does that mean? He already decided what nationality you was going to be, what skin complexion, the color of your eyes, how big your feet was going to be, your mental capacity. If, if, as long as the iniquity of your family through your genetic, the genetic family that you came into didn't, didn't interrupt that. Okay. But he already decided that before he was born. And that's a revelation I had to submit myself to. Because at, 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 I went from 84 to 91. From 91 until now, I've been in full-time ministry. Say it again. Say it with me. Say it with me. Full-time full ministry. ministry. What is that? Say, you ain't doing nothing but getting, getting souls and, and raising up people. Well, that's not how I started. I started as a minister. Okay, because in 1991, I was at the Hope Motel 6 there on Manchester Boulevard, and I checked out, and the Lord told me that's where we left off the last show, and I'm going to pick it up right there, and we're going to run all the way through 2022, and this is the feast. He said, well, how do you remember? Do you remember the exact date? No, I remember it was on Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles will start that September-October window. Of a 40-day period. I know it was there. I, I don't know exactly the date, but I do know what time of year it was that became very important to me later because I started thinking, man, man, what is the date? And the Holy Spirit said to me, and we're going to talk about that. The Holy Spirit said to me, it was the feast at Yom Kippur. 
I actually believe I hit the streets in a 76 Cadillac to come to L.A. on, on Yom Kippur. And it took me approximately two to three days to get here because I slept on the way. I don't even remember all the details. I was in a, in a Cadillac when I came out here. And so I was coming to stay, and I went to the school to ministry. Dr. Frederick Casey Price was in Motel 6, and the Lord told me, he said, I want you to fast for three days. Well, I had done two 40-day fasts before I came out here, okay? On one on, I, was, I did 37 days on water, and then I broke it, and then I did another one on juice before that one. So my flesh was being reduced. Uh, I think it's John uh, uh, 30, verse 27, or 27, verse 30 says, I, de- I decrease, yet he increased. That's one, one way to, to grease your soul and take your flesh out, to, out the, uh, the equation because the flesh is crazy. And if you can starve yourself from from that, then you you're doing good because that means your flesh is out. And all you gotta do it allows the Holy Spirit and your spirit to align your soul with God, and you're able to do what He told you to do. So I, there I was sitting in the '76 Cadillac, and He said, "I want you to check." I had checked out of the, paid my hotel for six months. I was still in the school of ministry at Dr. Frederick Casey Price's church, and. I was there, and I thank God for him. Shout out to him. I know his mansion in heaven is Gugongolus because he had a Gugongolus house while he was here. Someone said, Gugongolus, what is that? Huge, large, magnanimous. <laughs> I tried to go see it one day, and they had the street blocked off. He, <laughs> he put a gate up so you couldn't even drive up in the, in the, the place where his house was at. Man, I tried to... I said, man, I told my friend, I said, let's go see Dr. Price's house. And I looked it up and looked it up on the, um, uh, I was doing real estate and I looked it up. And man, we couldn't get to that thing, man. I was like, man, I'm going to drive around. I'm going to pull up in the driveway and ring the doorbell. And <laughs> 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 show you without the wisdom of God, what kind of foolishness your mind can go to. But he was a great man. And I was like, let me see where he live at, how he living. Because right now I'm homeless, and so what does it matter? <laughs> Give me hope to come up to just have a house. And so I went. I was at the school of ministry there, graduated successfully over the next year. It was a one-year program, and went, and I was assigned to uh, a, a ministry. By, he said assigned to by who? Not by Dr. Price. I finished his school of ministry. It was a one-year program at that point, and the Holy Spirit, I had gotten filled in this whole process. I got filled with the spirit before my mom passed away. In that seven-year period from 84 to 91, I had gotten filled with the spirit, hadn't really learned the true magnitude of what that meant. But you need to be filled with the spirit. There is no life in the spirit. and There is no life in the supernatural without the Holy Spirit. And for you to access that and to make the changes in your life, Every day, you got to have the Holy Spirit as your paraclete, your comforter, and your instructor in life so that you can continue to grow. Otherwise, you become religious and stagnant. That's what happens with a lot of preachers. They they still have the same message, and they're religious and stagnant, and there's no supernatural because they, you have to— the Bible says, those who hunger and thirst for me shall be filled. So in Psalms 139, now go to James chapter 1 for me. Psalms 39 there, we see that, and if you continue to read that, he sent your spirit into this earth's realm. He knew what you was going to look like. 
your fingernails, your hair, um, everything. He knew that I was going to be a big, strong, scrapping, bull riding, black man, handsome, from eyebrows to toenails. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, my God, is he tripping? <laughs> no, the Bible says that Saul was a tall, handsome man. It said that, that David was very, what what's the word that the guy used for, for David? What was it? He was young, ruddy. Ruddy, but he also said he was cute. Didn't it say he was cute? No, he it didn't say he was cute. I don't know, but, but it didn't say he you was cute. You didn't find that scripture while you were you sitting over there listening to the testimony. But anyway, God, he ain't got nothing against you being handsome. Listen, let me tell it. I'm 66 years young. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So at the age of thirty, I started. Let's see, ooh, that's that's amazing. I started my 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 journey with the Lord when I was thirty, uh, and that is the biblical age of accountability for the Lord. If you look at it, when they counted people, and David got himself in trouble counting people, they started counting them at thirty years of age. Okay, and so anyway, came out here, went to the school of ministry. Finished that complete, and when I completed that, the Holy Spirit took me to a ministry called Victory Outreach. Victory Outreach. And I was steeped in buttermilk and boiled and chicken. And what am I saying when I'm saying this? I'm, I'm having fun with the whole situation, so y'all just forgive me. I'm not crazy. I have the mind of Christ is being multiplied every day. I have full respect for you. I have enough love for you to share this with you, all the trials and tribulations I went through. Okay. And um, so there I was, I walked into Victory Outreach, and I'll never forget it. The Lord said, I want you to go in there, and I want you to serve there. Okay. So I walked into the vestibule, and I was checking stuff out. You know, even when I, as an apostle now, and I wasn't an apostle then, I was just, I was just Chris Ward trying to keep it, keep it moving, trying to figure it out. Okay. What did God get me into? But he said, I want you to go there and I want you to serve the pastor there. Okay. And I went there and served the pastor. And when I walked into the vestibule, I was looking. It happened to be a Tuesday night. I'll never forget that because they were uh, the choir was rehearsing. And they had two midweek Bible Bible studies. And they had a Friday Friday night Bible study, which was they called it Friday Night Live. And then they had Tuesday, which was choir rehearsal. They would all get together. And I walked in the church, and I'm looking at the church and looking at the people. And the pastor was sitting up in the front row, and they was he was listening. The choir director was working with them, and he was sitting there. When I walked in, he stood up and turned and looked at me. And I was like, uh-oh, did I do something wrong? And, he, and no. When they got done with choir rehearsal, before the service started, there was a break. He came back, and I was still sitting at the very back of the church, and I had these big, dark sunglasses on. <laughs> I still love me some good sunglasses now. I just like the, I like the military kind now because I'm military in my mindset where the kingdom is concerned. And he came back there. He said, he said hello, can I help you? I said, sir, my name is Chris Ward, and God sent me in the, here to serve you and your church. Sir, sir, yes, sir. I saluted him like a, mili like a military man. He said, you know something? I said, no. 
He said, when you walked in here, the reason I stood up, I felt the presence of God when you come into this house. What? Oh, my God. I'm 50 rows from the man, and I walked into the house with the glory of God on me. And while I was in the street, that three and a half year period, this was like a year into it, okay, I had suffered every kind of, I had been, uh, the LGBTQ, the gays had chased me. Uh, the police tried to shoot and kill me, okay, multiple times. i never forget, I was in Sentinel Park, okay, taking a nap in the afternoon, 70, and I was like, because when you live in the street, and you live in the street, I was living in the 76 Cadillac, you get tired. You 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 want to you, you want to get a place that covers your head where you can rest because when you, when you live in the street you are not at peace. You can't be, and that's why so many homeless people, especially homeless veterans, they come back with PTSD and then they find themselves outside the normal scope of society, and they they end up homeless. And so not only is there their natural life wrecked, but their, their spiritual and soulish life, their minds is wrecked, and they're hard to really um, really rehab. And a lot of them are heavily medicated. That's what the medical professionals do. They'll medicate you and push you off to the side and say, take six of these, and when you come back, uh, we'll refill it for you. And all the doctors are getting paid, but you're not getting any better. Okay, and so I went to Victory Outreach and I served there. And one of the guys, Victory Outreach had a, a ministry model of taking dilapidated, torn down, nasty, rat rat ridden fleas, flies, raccoons living in the house, and then they would rehab it. And to the best of their knowledge, the people that lived in these houses, they had about four or five of them. And one of the guys from the houses in Compton, uh, Compton Watts, uh, he's on Compton Boulevard, I'll never forget that. And he said, listen, why don't you come and live? Because I was there, and I, they had a men's home upstairs at 79th and Broadway, and I'll never forget that. And you, I went up to the men's home, and they tried to get me to stay there because there was a presence on my life. You don't make that kind of commitment, and the Holy Spirit leave you to try to figure it out by yourself. He, When you make that commitment to do something that drastic, the Holy Spirit is right there to lead and guide you. He's your paraclete. He's your comforter. He's your friend. And they wanted me to live in there because half the guys in there, I led them to the Lord and pray for them to get filled with the Holy Spirit and pray for them to get because it was a it was a drug and drug and um, drug and prison rehab house. That's what they they rehab OGs and drug dealers and people who and murderers used to live up in there. And a lot of them guys had really good hearts. They had been converted. But they needed they needed the anointing that destroys every yoke and removes every burden. And God had given me that. And I still have it. And I'm still hungering and thirsting for Lord. So I went and lived in the house. And he said, listen, he said, where do you live? I said, well, right now I'm in my car, man. And I very rarely told people that. He said, what? Come out to the house. We're out there on, on Compton Boulevard and Watts. And you can, you can stay up here for You can rest. And I'm thinking, man, that would be great. I could go out here and rest. You know, I could have a roof over my head. When I wake up, I got a roof over my head, and I'm surrounded by some people who invited me into their lives, knowing who God was trying to make me and could see the anointing and, and the power and everything. And I went in, and I, I slept there. And about a week later, they had a phone, 
And the pastor's assistant called the house. And the pastor's assistant said, who is this? I said, well, this, is, this is Chris, uh, sir. And I think the guy who's the, who was the house leader, they always had the house leaders, name was James. He was the one who invited me to come and stay at the house. Now, I had no intention of staying there forever because it was not luxurious by any stretch of the imagination. And like I said, there are other friends there, other animals that be running around. But I was thinking, shoot, I can take my bag in there and I got, at least I got a place where I can shower and, you know, zip my bag up and keep the rat, roaches and ratchets out of my, rats and roaches out of my, out of my bag. But that was a step up from living in your car. Of course, I didn't have no rats and roaches in my car. And so someone would say that's a toss up. But anyway, it is when, when you're in the survival mode, you do what you need to do to survive. And they invited me there. And then we had something to eat. And nobody there had money because, see, the ministry did not support the homes. The people had to move in. They had to find the resources to rehab the place. And then they had to find money to eat every day and pay the water and gas. The church didn't pay none of it. Yet these guys were on GR, okay, and the church was taking their entire GR check. GR check. Now, somebody said, well, you shouldn't say that. Well, I'm just telling the truth. And I was looking at it, I was like, man, that's terrible. You got to pay your own gas and light and water. And when your check comes, you have to, if you're going to live in this house, you have to turn the whole thing over to them. And they had hundreds of them. They had about three or four houses where people were going and coming. And the, and the Spirit of God said to me, they're raising them to be, they, they, listen, when you get out of prison, they put, they forced them to get GR so they'd have some income. It wasn't like they said, well, you get out and Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're going we're gonna to help you figure it out, brother. We'll try to get you to know. They forced them on the GR so that they could immediately, they had took them down and they had made them file, immediately get money out of the people. Okay. And I was there and I thought, hmm, this is not good, man. The way this is, this doesn't make people independent. It makes them dependent upon the system. And that's the one thing that I enjoyed about being homeless, <laughs> if there's such a thing, is I was not dependent on the system. God has separated me, and I'm still not dependent on the system. Say, he said, Be, we are in the world, but not of the world. Yes, I have money that comes from the system, but guess what? It don't, it's not re I'm not in the system, in the sweat equity system. Money comes, God makes it come. He determines how much, when, and where I get my money, but I'm free. I don't have no needs. All my needs is met. My bills is paid. And I had plenty more to put in the store. And so I was talking and James said, Chris, the pastor told me to tell you to leave the house. Now, I was serving that ministry, cleaning up the men's home upstairs because upstairs was the men's home, cleaning up the vestibules, taking out the tra traffic, the, tra uh, the trash, doing everything that all the leaders of the church told me. I was giving my tithe. So if, if I got $15 during the week, whenever on Friday night or Sunday morning, I would drop a dollar and a half. I was faithful. And I had one of the leaders tell me, say, this is your tithe? You lying, brother. You're not a tither. You're not giving. I said, listen, man, that's 10% of what I took in. I'm living in my car. And he didn't believe that either. And so long story made short, the devil, through this pastor, okay, forced me out. Forced me out of the house. Well, I didn't understand what was really taking place was God was giving me a reprieve. He was giving me a rest period. 
He was giving me an escape from the life. And I went back into the street and for the next six, six months or so, man, I went through some hard time. I fasted. I had to fast 40, t- 40 days on, on water because he asked me to do the 40 days on water before I went. And I got down just before I left. I got to 37 days. And then um, that having been said, then I started chewing gum. Like I'm chewing gum right now. I started chewing bubble gum, but I bought a big old box of bubble gum. <laughs> and I was, you know, the big block kind of bubble. I think it was called bubble gum. And I was chewing it. Oh, it was so sweet. It was so good at the end of the, and I, I was like, oh man, I might only got three more days. I can make it. Okay. And so the Lord didn't say nothing. And I got to the end of that fast. He said, you want to do that 40 day fast over again, Chris. I said, what? I went 37 days? I'd rather die than do another 40 days on water. He said, well, that's what the whole purpose is for, for you to die and for me to be able to live through you. So I did that 40 days while I was in the street. On water, I made it. It was the hardest. Listen, I've been a high school football player, basketball player, track star, okay? I've been a college football player and track star. I played for... Eight seasons, seven and seven seasons. They should have gave me credit for nine, but anyway, seven full seasons plus another three full training camps in the NFL. Okay, and I've been injured, I've been hurt, I've been concussed, and all that in pursuit of what I wanted, and I had never. Gone through anything like fasting 40 days on water. And primarily what made it hard, half my soul didn't want to do it. My soul didn't really want to do it because I felt like I had already done. I did 40 days on on juices, which is, I won't say it's easy to do, but, you know, you can you get, you get hungry, you sip a little juice, you know, cranberry juice. I don't suggest that because it's got a lot of acid in it. Pineapple juice, orange juice. The best one is pineapple because it has it has some like some some grit to it. It coats your system a little bit. You don't want to drink grapefruit because grapefruit juice has a lot of acid and it will cause your stomach. And if you're gonna do that for forty days, it's it's tough. But it's the best thing that could ever happen to you from a health standpoint because your body gets a chance to purge itself and all the stuff that causes all these diseases and your sugar system and all that is redone. So I I fasted the 40 days on water, and then God had me in it leading up to that 40-day completion of that 40-day fast. I came out of it fasting every so often. I'd be like, you know, and I live day to day. Whatever, you know, the Bible says, uh, I think it was David says, I am old yet when I was young. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his people begging bread. Now, David went through quite a bit with the Lord. A lot of it was self-induced, but he went through it. He was cast as Saul was running him into the wilderness and wanted to kill him and all that because he knew he was his replacement. And man, I remember sitting in my Cadillac, and this would have been, uh, it's been 92. I don't even have a date for this. And I remember I was so tired and I had the gays and the police, and and this was just before Rodney King went to the street. That was in April, wasn't it? So, um, but anyway, I was sitting in the car one day, and I said to the Lord, and I'll never forget this. 
I said, Lord, I can't do this no more. Because before I left Dayton, Ohio, he he committed me to a vow of not working or not starting a business until he released me. And he had the same three and a half year period of sanctification that he had for Jesus. Did you know that Jesus was measured during the three and a half years of his full-time ministry from 30 to 33 and a half years? And he was measured when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He was measured when he died on that cross. He said, yet nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If thou could take this cup from me. So there is a for real growth and manifestation of the spirit of God in your life, you have to abase yourself to who? To God, the father and whatever he decides is necessary for your ministry. You have to let it go. And then if not happiness, joy will, will begin to leak into your spirit and the spirit, spirit of God will wrap itself around you like an alien. Remember that movie alien that thing wrapped itself around that man's face and impregnated him with another being. You will be impregnated with another being, the Holy Spirit. The Holy of Holies will begin to live in you and breathe in you. You'll be able to, the Bible says, you can look into, what, what scriptures that where it says, you can look into God's glory and we are changed from, from, from glory to glory. That's in Corinthians somewhere. I think it's 1 Corinthians 5, but I won't go there today. It's not, this is about God and about my journey with God. And I was sitting there. And I lost all hope that I was coming out. See, when, you know, when people, and that's, you know, that's what happens when people have PTSD. I was suffering from PTSD. The constant besieged the police and other homeless people. And I had one guy, he was out in the street, he said, man, don't sleep with you. You know, this because I got there and in, in California in September and October, sometimes it can be still warm. It get very, this, this September was extreme, extremely warm. And we had some warm days there then. And and I used to crack the windows and stick my feet out. And the guy, the guy said, no, nah, don't do that, man. Roll your windows up and lock your doors. And definitely don't go to sleep in the middle of the day and, and stick your feet out with the shoes, with your shoes on. Because somebody come by and you wake up and you won't have no shoes to walk around in. I was like, what? So the constant fear and doubt and unbelief and fighting a good fight to stay with the Lord, I sat there. And I woke up one morning and I hadn't ate in days. It wasn't because God didn't want to feed me. It was just because I was I was going through something. I was going through I, and I sat there and I remember I started to weep uncontrollably. Say la. I lost control of my emotions. My mind snapped. Say la. And I was weeping uncontrollably. And I never forget the devil got in the back seat, a demon. Because, you know, when you've been prepared, you know, you hear me say, I'm an apostle and a prophet. Listen, that is, man, when the Lord told me you're an apostle and put that on your car, I didn't have any idea what I was getting into. Okay, I was just young and dumb. Well, I don't know how young I was, but I was dumb enough to just say what God said. Because even now, when he's trying to move me into another realm, he'll say, say it. I believe I receive it. And I do, because I believe that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. And when he starts asking you to ask and think the things that he's asking and thinking, that he's thinking, 
His thoughts become your thoughts and his words become your words. Boy, you operating in something now. Now you can decree a thing. And I remember I sat there and I had been kicked out the house and I was just sitting across the street from Sentinella Parkers. It was street cleaning day on that side where I normally slept under a street light. And I remember like it was yesterday. And I started, and I, I didn't have money for coffee. That was one of the things because God would give me, you know, 7 uh, Eleven had 99 cent coffee. Okay. And I didn't have money for coffee. And I said, Lord, I can't make it. Because, you know, when he told me to do that, having gone through everything I went through in the NFL and all that, I'm, 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 I'm a hard hit. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Navy SEAL, right? I thought I can make it. And I rang the bell. If you know anything about SEAL training, when you give up, you ring the bell. And I rang the bell. And I started to cry uncontrollably. Tears were just flowing down my And I heard the devil say, he got in the back seat. I felt an ominous presence coming. He said, I got you. Can I just say it like it is? He said, I got your big ass. You want to be a super warrior for the Lord. You mine now. And at that time, I pulled the mirror down. It was in front of me, and I was looking at my face, and I did not even recognize who I was. And the Spirit of God said to me, he said, you lost your mind. Now I'm going to give you the mind of Christ. And the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit came through there, and I've been changed ever since. Go ahead and make that off call. You need to receive Jesus Christ because he'll do the same with you. I feel the anointing of God in this, in this studio right now, man. The Bible says you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Repeat after me, dear God, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. Jesus, come into my heart, live inside of me, be Lord over my life. Amen. Amen. This is Apostle and Prophet Chris Will. We love you with the love of the Lord. Call me at 424-261-3208. 